0: So hi Fred, uh your name is actually Fred, right?
1: Yes, I am. Uh my name is uh Bricum. Okay. Uh, so uh, it sounds French because it is. I'm French. Um yeah, I've been working uh at Red Hat for the past 9 years. But, 2018. But 12, you are too fast.
0: So before you you have you started at Red Hat, what interests me the most? What was your first computer? My first
1: computer uh was uh Amstrad CPC. Uh, what's this, uh, 6,128. Is that something? Sounds right. I think, um, uh, yeah, it was probably, I don't know, uh,
0: 12, 13. And why you got it for games.
1: Yeah. For games for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, it was pretty expensive back then, but, um, yeah, my parents got that computer for Christmas. Um. so yeah. That's, uh, that's when I started, uh, diving into computers, but, um, I, I what, what, is, what is your favorite game? My favorite game of all time. Uh, whew, back then, um, back then,
0: no, no, that's back then.
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't, re- uh, don't remember. Um,
0: really you have to remember it you was know, your first, your first game.
1: Yeah. I, I remember, um, a platform shooter, but I don't remember the name. Okay. Um, there was playing also like a top gun top gun
0: game okay mm-hmm. uh sort of hey and, uh, and uh, you know what there was probably f15 strike eagle or something like this this is this was like a top gun like game where you could just fly uh no it
1: was really something related to a 14s okay uh on, <laughs> so on you the still
0: you, st- you still remember
1: yeah yeah, yeah really but I uh, kind of
0: so um so how do you switch from gaming to programming so i mean you gamed and then
1: oh um, yeah so i gamed um for a long time very long time uh even at some point uh, when i was at the in university i was um during the summer mm-hmm. I, I was working during the summer in a the big store, uh, of selling, um, you know, software, mm-hmm. uh, and I was basically hired to sell video games.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I did that for a couple of years, uh, like two months, uh, two summers. Mm-hmm. But at that time I was, uh, not into programming at all. Okay. Um, if anything, I didn't understand anything about programming.
0: So, so the funny um, thing is uh so, so you never actually started as a as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a you know uh, young uh young boy programming so you started a way later at the university
1: time oh yes yes way later and even um so i went to university um and then um i actually um got a degree in uh as an engineer in material science. So my background is not really related to, to uh, computer science. Okay. And, um, so what do you learn to so,
0: study? So what is, what do you studied actually? So what do you can work after your study? So I can, so just... I, was su- mm-hmm. I was
1: supposed, yeah, so it was related to material science. So meaning, um, something related to uh, plastics, steel, okay. uh, learn how to manufacture. Or understand the processes into, um, yeah, manufacturing stuff <laughs> using yeah. those materials.
0: And was it interesting? And,
1: uh, uh, yeah, kinda. <laughs> um, okay. I was so I, I had high hopes okay. uh, before before uh, doing it. Yeah. And then after three years, I was like, no. Nah, Uh, and then yeah but after three years you know
0: every study becomes boring so i mean after three years yeah i guess so
1: the the funny thing is the first year i did that um we had um courses on the c language Mm -hmm. and uh, i failed miserably i was really bad at it, -hmm. really really bad um i i didn't understand anything um, second year we started to do stuff related to web programming, mm-hmm. uh, HTML database, uh, communication and whatnot. And I had blast; it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really loved it. And then third year I would did, uh, we did mainly stuff related to, uh, simulation, mm-hmm. uh, computing finite element computing. Whoa. So okay. Trying to simulate um, how solids behave under stress,
0: like a bridge, right? If you if you would like to find out, yeah, your, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and uh, my my internship uh, on my third year was related to um, uh, corrosion under stress. Uh, let's see, uh, corrosion related related to to steels in in um, in uh, nuclear p- power plants. Okay. So uh, it was not super fun, but um, still, I, I, at that time, I was um, kind of interested in, in uh, programming a little
0: Okay. So how you got the idea to study such a thing, you know?
1: Um. So after graduation, I went mm-hmm. to the Army for a year, well, 10 months. Okay. Um, and then I spent uh, 12 months uh, un, unemployed, like trying to find a job as a as an engineer. In what my, What you did to uh, the Field of expertise? Uh mostly boring stuff, uninteresting stuff. Yeah, uh, I was. I don't know. Um, I was keeping track of uh, uh blankets and and.
0: Uh, <laughs> okay. N- okay. So like, you, you were in nothing. the French army. You were in the French army. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and the, uh, I was. Uh, I had to to go the to the German engineering army corps. Yeah and, and oh, yeah? uh what I what I uh my observation was that sometimes you know there were some uh soldiers, like professional soldiers, and they attempted to look the whole time busy without doing anything, you know. It was for me like an interesting, you know, social uh, observation that everyone tries to do something but there was nothing to do. <laughs> Which, what's uh yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh well it, there were some good times and bad times in the army. Yeah. Uh, the, I guess the most interesting part is it's a, it's really, you can see the melting pot of backgrounds. Uh, yes. I, mm-hmm. because I went to, I went to, I did some studies, so I used to hang around with people who had like, um, a, a background in education, like a high level background mm-hmm. in education. Mm-hmm. And then when you're. When you're joining the army, it's uh it's different. You see uh you see how wide the gamut of uh, education is, uh in a country. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting.
0: Okay. And which uh which uh, how to call it? Which category of army was it? Were you in the air uh, force? So I was in the um, engineering corps. Okay. What? Okay. Mm-hmm. So they build bridges and stuff like that. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. But I was in the. Um, administration part of the
0: okay. my company. so in uh, in germany i think they are the pioneers who who are building the bridges so this is the term pioneer okay
1: uh, yeah probably yeah. Uh, in french it's called it's called sapeur like sapeur pompier which is a fireman uh, it's, it's the same route
0: ah okay uh,
1: but the firemen so- also
0: the same i think they were uh, so your category were also responsible you know to how to call it? Dearm the minds and stuff like that, right? So exactly, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Okay, cool. Uh, but I, mm-hmm.
0: I, I didn't touch. Didn't no, touch but uh, uh or whatever. You sorted the blankets and stuff like
1: that, right?
2: Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> that and uh, yeah, I was yeah, I was doing some administrat- administrative work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not nothing interesting. My my plan uh, was to just put my brains to rest for a year. Yeah. Which I did. Mm-hmm. Um, was and your then, brain uh, overloaded before? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to yeah. Oh. Like it was like a sabbat- sabbatical.
0: Okay. So what you did before before the army?
1: Uh just uh I was finishing school. Okay. Uh, and then uh yeah, uh twelve years of unemployment. Trying to hunt for a job, and then months, at that time right? it was twelve months.
0: You said twelve months.
1: Twelve months. Yeah. Yes, twelve months. I <laughs> okay. uh, said so years. No, years. Months.
0: You said years. Uh, so, yeah, this is this yeah, yeah. even interesting. My bad.
1: <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, and then it was uh, year two thousand. So at that time it was the um, the economy was booming.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Every every IT company was empl- uh, hiring anybody who had a diploma. Mm-hmm. So. I started to work for a small service company and they trained me for uh COBOL. Wow. Among other things. uh, COBOL and my first gig was not doing COBOL, it was I was working for a startup company in Paris. Mm-hmm. Um it was related to what I did was um Toying with JSP GSP templates. Okay. So it was um, Struts,
0: I suppose, right?
1: No, not at all. It was a. It was a. Uh, it was a portal. Okay. The 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 company was called a Reef.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and yeah they were trying to sell a portal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and I worked on a big project um, mm-hmm. that. Uh, They were hoping to sell to a large newspaper Mm -hmm. in France. Mm -hmm. The project failed eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the most project
0: at the time, you know?
1: Yeah, I guess. And then uh, Mm -hmm. I was, um, I was let go from that client. Mm -hmm. And then I I did a bunch of, um, I worked for, for some small on some small projects, some different uh, technologies. Um, I think VB, Visual Basic, mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? And I then remember. eventually, I ended up at a client. Uh, I I, I remember I
0: remember a story because you mentioned portal. At that time, I also had to build portal, also with JSPs and new servlets. We built. It was actually prior struts, so we built something like struts by ourselves, and it worked well. So it was like e-commerce uh, back-end. And mm-hmm. uh, the product manager came to me and said, uh, everything v- works well, but he would like to have a virtual sale assistant. So if if someone buys, let's say, uh, I don't know, a newspaper, the virtual assistant would wake up and uh and uh, suggest to buy something similar to this right so like what amazon does right right now and yeah, this was yeah. in 2000 and uh back then everything was supposed to be you know th- ultra thin clients like html and no business logic at the client and i say hey look this is really it is actually somehow challenging you know to create an avatar which looks like uh and, and actually the name was already set it uh, i remember right now the name should be sarah and the SARA should, you know, uh, just suggest you what to buy. It's like, hey, look how to do it and I say, okay, this is, you could use flash or Java applets and create, you know, the avatar, it's like, okay, this probably, but the behavior, I mean, we need something like artificial intelligence. And this was in the year 2000, right? Yeah. And, and and we talk back and forth and I convince him this is actually almost impossible to create uh, AI inside an applet, which is, uh, which is uh, not a, somehow, you know, usable. And then he got an idea. It's like what he could do, um, we could have, you know, something like a call center. So if someone you know uh signs up, so then uh someone will just open the chat, you know, and remote control Sarah and <laughs> say, Okay. <laughs> but this is probably not very good very very, very scalable you know because we have something yeah, sure. like a, you know, uh no a pool of of back workers you know trying to connect to the front end uh, this was actually funny funny idea as a predecessor of, of of enterprise java beans in the call center so um yeah this is just you 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 know you told the story about uh, portals and j s p so yeah, i immediately remember you know, my first experience asking uh, someone asked me you know about uh, uh a i and um a yeah, Yeah, stuff like that. So, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you, but uh, go ahead with VB. So you said uh, you did Visual Basic? Yeah,
1: Visual Basic. Uh, Not not super interesting. But uh, eventually I ended up with a client, which was an IBM subsidiary. Mm -hmm. And uh, for that client was um, like a retail uh, retail store chain. Mm -hmm. Um, That was interesting in a sense that it was a combination of different technologies that I've uh, worked on. So there was a, a back-end uh, large mainframe so I had to touch some COBOL programs and on the back-end on the front-end was um, were some WebSphere servers so mm-hmm. we're doing some EJBs badly uh, and JSPs. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time I discovered um uh continuous integration.
0: Okay. Um, and you li- so and, started- en- and you enjoyed, you know, the environment, like programming, editors, and mainframes. You like that or was it poorly? so no,
1: not no. I <laughs> I hated the, the mainframe part. Okay. I hated Google. Um but I yeah I like the, the Java part of it. Um okay. but the uh the the thing that re- <clears throat> really um I think changed my life in a way is that when I discovered uh, continuous integration, because mm-hmm. then I got interested in build systems. Mm-hmm. Um, when was it 2003?
0: So
1: 2003, yeah, around that time. Okay. So the CI server back then that I introduced to the company was cruise control. Mm-hmm. If you remem- rem- remember it. So yeah. every- everything you had to do to configure the X- server was to XML. modify some XML files yeah. <laughs> directly on the server. Yeah. So there was no administrative UI. And then um so the projects were Java projects uh running on, uh yeah, running on WebSphere and then I had to introduce a uh, ant to build the projects mm-hmm. uh because everything was done manually mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Uh people would just build a war file with jar files on on um, WSAD mm-hmm. which the uh, it's a product based on
0: eclipse
1: Mhm. Um, Visual Visual that,
0: for Java right It's this web application developer it's, studio It's a,
1: it's um it's a successor of uh, Visual Age mm-hmm. But it that uh, WSAD was based on eclipse mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah I started to to uh play with ant cruise control, and then eventually uh what happened um, I started to work on another project um I was project manager at the time.
0: How successful were you? so were you able to you know to deploy the entire thing with one click on commit or how automated were the process back then?
1: much better automated than initially but mm-hmm. not completely automated, so we were able to build the um uh, run the tests there there were not many tests at the time, but mm-hmm. run learn some tests and then uh build a war and then um the deployment had to be to, to be done manually at that time
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it was the, really the beginning
0: so some tests were executed and you got a an war and the war had to deploy it to be deployed yeah manually yeah, okay yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah so it was deployed by another um another team. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were, at the time, DevOps didn't exist. So there were people developing and there were ops. Mm-hmm. So we gave the, the war to the ops guy and then they did the deployment. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so eventually I moved on to some other project and then I started to work on uh, uh, Tomcat. Um, mm-hmm. And then I... You worked I on Tomcat
0: or with Tomcat? No, 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 no I,
1: with, with Tomcat. Okay. So the, the the application was deployed on Tomcat, and then at that time I was it was about 20, uh, 2008, mm-hmm. yeah, about that, or yeah, around that time, mm-hmm. two thousand seven maybe, mm-hmm. or six. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I started to play with Maven.
0: Okay, Maven one.
1: Maven two. Maven. Two, yes, it was the really the beginning of Maven two.
0: Maven um, two, because Maven one yeah. was completely different. Uh-huh.
1: Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so Maven two, Eclipse, um, uh, and then I moved on to a different company,
0: uh, doing the same kind of same kind of thing. One question regarding Maven two and Eclipse. I mean, Eclipse support for Maven was terrible back then. So, uh, I mean, yes. So that's that's where I'm <laughs> I'm coming to. Ah, okay.
1: So what happened then? Uh, I worked for, on a di- different project, different company. Um, at that time it was a bigger project. Um, we're still deploying to Tomcat. Mm-hmm. No, t- not Tomcat, actually. We're deploying to JBoss, JBoss server mm-hmm. three, mm-hmm. three or four. Uh, and at the time uh, we're using Eclipse as well mm-hmm. uh, to do our development. And then, um, Maven support for, Java E did not exist mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So, um, I looked at it and then, um, one summer I was on vacation. I started to code the support for Java E in Eclipse for Maven
0: on vacations. Yeah. On
1: oh. my spare time.
0: So were you uh, so, so, uh, so fascinated by Java E or what's?
1: So it was just because I was, I was using Java E at, okay. at work. Okay. That um and and Java E supporting in in M2E at the time didn't exist. Mm-hmm. That um I went on and I I had no prior knowledge about Eclipse development,
0: Maven development, um nothing. And what was lacking um, because for I mean, for Java EE, you only need the API in some. So like, at the, at
1: the time, uh, in Eclipse, the only thing you could do was uh maybe deploy a WAR project. Okay. To a Tomcat server. Oh, okay. And that and that was it. You Wanted to so, have the deployment part right, yes. My oh, okay. I was mm-hmm. in, I was interested in the deployment part of a new year project, okay, with the JBs, mm-hmm. and then I started to uh work on that. Mm-hmm. And then I provided a patch to the M2 Eclipse project, and okay. then um, it was a, like a 4,000 lines of code patch. Not bad, um, mm-hmm. so um, the product lead of M2E, M2Eclipse at the time, uh, basically merged my code and uh, asked me if I wanted to be a committer. Mm-hmm. So I said, yes, uh, and then I started to work on the M2E project, M2Eclipse project at the time, okay. um, for Eclipse, so, okay. so to basically improve uh, the Java EE support in Eclipse for Maven. Mm-hmm. At that time, um, the JBoss guys, jbos tools guys uh, started to uh, consume what i did for m2 eclipse okay and then eventually um i were i was in contact with Max Anderson, mm-hmm. who talked to apparently uh recently mm-hmm. um and he he hired me uh to work on JBus tools mm-hmm. so um 2011 i started to work out at red hat uh, on JBoss tools, everything related to Maven um, that I could work on, Maven uh, project examples. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what else? And you also contributed back to M2E or is this JBoss? Yeah, and mm-hmm.
1: so that was JBoss tools. So we had um, I still was contributing to M2Eclipse, mm-hmm. but we had some things specific to JBoss. Mm-hmm. Um, that we wanted that did not make sense to contribute to to MJ Eclipse because it was too specific. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I started to work for Red Hat on, uh, on tooling. Something that started as a, um, let's say hobby, uh, on my spare time. I got to be paid for, uh, full time. Mm-hmm. So it was a dream. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty awesome. So yeah, we had an awesome team. The Java J- tools years were were pretty awesome.
0: What we what uh, we, when you actually learned Java? Because you mentioned several times, you know, you did a little bit JSPs, then you did COBOL. So yeah, what, what, so you, were at a period I, in your life where you really learned Java. I know from beginning or how you learned Java actually. Or so
1: uh, as I said, I was, I was at that point where I was working for a, a subsidiary of IBM, mm-hmm. doing mainframe and WebSphere stuff. That's when I I really
0: started to play with Java. Mm-hmm. And you learn Java you now with trainings, workshops. You build something. How do you learn no. Java? Well, um, I just dived into it. Okay. Because um, know, you you knew you know, the basics from Cobol, and I think Cobol still will have you know for loops and ifs and whatever. So you just translated your knowledge yeah, yeah. from Cobol to Java. This was properly first what happened, and then you just this was training on the job, right?
1: I have. I, I think I've had some training, like ba- really basic training in JSP, JSPs, um, and maybe a little, a tiny bit of Java. But it was um, ridiculous the, the amount of training I had. Okay. So no, mostly I learned on the job.
0: I have. Okay. And uh, and but you now you do Java for the entire time, right? Since ten years, yep. you're a Java hacker, yep. hands-on Java hacker, right? Yeah. Cool. Completely. <laughs> so uh, regarding m2e so uh around the time 2006 and 2008 uh interestingly i uh i left actually eclipse because uh, i i was a huge eclipse proponent in as eclipse came out it was one of the first tool which really uh was really really good with refactoring and back then a lot of my clients used to know jboss uh, jboss sorry jbuilder Uh, jbuilder um enterprise and professional and uh and uh it was really not that good with refactoring so you could even at the beginning of jbuilder if you renamed a file it was you know the imports were not were not fixed so this was not even the basics were there and i think with jbuilder 3 it happened and then the the problem was jbuilder was expensive and this was no the the entire discussion with licensing or whatever it's like look Let's take Eclipse. And Eclipse was way better. So the refactoring uh, worked perfectly. And um, the problem started later because we got more and more plugins for Eclipse. And in one point of time, I actually forgot the number. What I remember, I had 30 different workspaces of Eclipse with different plugin (coughs) sets. And uh, depending on my clients. And the problem was the whole, you know, OSGI plugin story that one plugin... Uh, could destroy the entire workspace because i remember back then there was some mda model driven architecture uh tools and if you know used one wrong xml parser this tool didn't work anymore so you had to be really cautious with sets of plugins you're actually installing and i say look this is a complete mess and uh people actually asking me right now which IDEs i'm using and uh, i get the same questions 10 years ago and i say hey, look uh Maven does not work in Eclipse. And uh, what I said, a similar experience to, let's say, NetBeans, I switched to NetBeans back then, is actually JBoss developer tools because you can download everything at once and you get you know something which works out of the box. And even if you don't use JBoss, you can at least you know use the uh, uh, enterprise part of the, of it. And the people were actually surprised. That was my answer because back then I used a lot of you know, Pyara, not Pyara, not was before Pyara Glassfish. And um, yep. and 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 JBoss had a hard time back then. I remember I didn't use JBoss a lot because this was the JBoss five main uh, time timeline, and that JBoss was not was not very good, you know, uh, timeline for JBoss back then. And but but then they kept, uh, caught up, and um, and uh, now is everything fine. But the feedback to you is was interesting. So M 2 E was uh, had really terrible uh, functionality, and M 2 E. There was there was another tool for Eclipse. It wasn't M2E. It was a little bit better with Maven. I forgot. It was a completely different name. Do you remember the name?
1: Um, it's probably Q4J. Uh Q4E.
0: Yes, I think so. Because there were in one point of time just an, another Maven tool just appeared and it was a little bit better than this M2E but it was not as popular as M2E. And uh, no. yeah. And since then I never used Eclipse again actually because uh, now lots of my clients are using uh, uh, IntelliJ. And if they have, I also have a license. And if they don't have, I use uh, NetBeans because it's completely free and more and more Visual Studio Code right now. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, this so, is... Uh, so mm-hmm.
1: you're basically using Eclipse?
0: Yes, uh, Eclipse without, you know, fiddling with the plugin. So I, d- I have nothing... Without the UI. Eclipse. Yeah, uh, another UI. And I use the Visual Studio Code UI because I need it for front-end. And if I can use the same UI for both, it's nice, right? So this is like more or less pragmatic. And if it works for a larger project, I still prefer... Uh, netbeans, but uh, it, uh, the Visual Studio Code is catching catching up. Okay, so yeah. now you spend your time at uh, Red Hat, so um, with Jebos yes. the developer tool. What was what you did then the last nine years in Jebos developer tools space? So, uh, um, so again, uh, major I've, achievements,
1: <laughs> major were? achievements. Whew, I guess I did some cool stuff with n 2 e Okay, um. The, I was pretty proud of the way I managed to handle, uh, war overlays in Eclipse. Okay. It was a complete hack of Eclipse APIs. Mm -hmm. But, um, I still managed to to do something that was, um, and it worked pretty well. Uh, not 100% as uh, compatible with every feature of, uh, Maven war overlays, but it was pretty, uh, interesting.
0: Why so you needed? A, why you needed overlays?
1: I didn't. Users did.
0: Okay. And I, I, I got users. some requests about overlays, and uh, I ask why, why why users would like to have overlays. You know
1: So I think they want to have. Um, basically, they want to share common files. Mm-hmm. Um, like say you have a company that has I don't know a set of logos, CSS files, and mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to have a common, uh, look and feel across, Mm -hmm. um, your applications, you can achieve that with a war overlay.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So we can, can do that differently for now, uh, now using different technologies, but, um, back then, uh, war overlay could have been a solution. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it was the right solution or bad solution. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it could have been a, could have been done. Um so yeah i've I've managed to tweak eclipses apis um bend them to my will uh to to provide some kind of a support for war overlay, so I was pretty happy uh, when I managed to do
0: that mm-hmm. how how, uh, how long did it took so it was like no how how many nights uh, um so I was doing it
1: uh on my day job uh, yeah but it took it took a bit
0: <laughs> if you have a problem. Can you sp- sleep well
1: uh depends uh yeah <laughs> sometimes sometimes i I can't yeah so exactly. it's been a long i <laughs> I don't remember I talked about it uh recently, but it's been a long time since i I wake up I woke up during the night with uh like the solution to my problem, yeah, it hasn't happened in a, in a while well, but yeah, it was fun time okay um so yeah, mostly at the beginning uh maven related stuff, and then I moved on to at some point working on openshift development uh openshift tools development
0: oh would, uh, would, which specific support we get to to openshift so you what you can do with openshift and i d e
1: so at the time when I was working on it so it's been a long time now but okay. uh you could connect to an openshift cluster uh-huh.
2: or well
1: uh-huh. server. And then, uh, list all the projects, list all the resources, list all the pods. Okay. Uh, take a, say, a Maven project and want to, you wanted to, um, deploy it to OpenShift. So mm-hmm. you just have to right click on the project and more or less click on deploy to OpenShift. Okay. Was that kind of thing? So, so it would.
0: You use a lot of it, REST APIs with OpenShift, I suppose, right?
1: Uh, yeah. So we had a, OpenShift API clients mm-hmm. written in Java.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we were also able to do some um, um, on-the-fly debugging or, mm-hmm. or on-the-fly deployment. Mm-hmm. So you change one file, and the the file would be r-synced directly to the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could see you make your your you make your change, you save. And then you refresh your browser, and the file has been sent to the pod and served directly. Uh, so almost, almost similar to what you would experience with a local mm-hmm. development. Okay. So that, that was pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. When was it? Three uh, years ago.
1: So it was. Um, so I stopped it in December twenty sixteen. Oh, okay. Twenty. 20- September 2016 is when I started to work on VS Code.
0: Oh. That long! Yeah. And and you started with the Visual Studio Code support for Java or was it something there?
1: No, I so the the story of VS Code for Java the or Java for VS Code um started with a prototype. It was done by um uh, a colleague of mine, uh Golkin Urgen. Sorry that it started as an experiment when um we saw that VS Code was based on the uh, LSP or, um, la- uh, it's it called
0: language server, language, product. language server
1: protocol. Yeah. Um, so the idea is that you build a tool for your language, you build it once, and then every editor or IDE that support the LSP mm-hmm. will be able to consume your, your tool. Mm-hmm. So that was the idea. Um, at the time, uh, VS Code was started to be to become pretty popular pretty quickly, mm-hmm. uh, but of course there was no Java support, mm-hmm. um, and then Gokeem started to see if he could uh, create a language server using a headless uh, Eclipse process.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So he started to work on that. He, several people from Microsoft and and Red Hat and IBM, I think. Um, worked on the for a week during a hackathon in in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And they came up with pretty much all that we have today uh in VS Code Java. I mean the basic support. So uh completion support, uh linting. Mm-hmm. When you when you make a, an error, um you'll you'll see compilation errors and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So Gokem started to work on that for a few months. Um and then I think he started in uh, June or, yeah, I think it was June 2016. Mm-hmm. And in September, um, he knew that I wanted to, to, to switch gears. Um, cause I, um, I wanted to do something else in OpenShift yeah. stuff. So he asked me to, to join him. So it was just the two of us working on it. Uh, and because I had some, um, knowledge about Maven stuff, mm-hmm. um, in Eclipse, mm-hmm. um, I started to implement Maven support in VS Code Java. Okay. And on and on and on. And we went on to improve, uh, VS Code Java over, over time. So it was basically the two of us at some, at some point. Mm-hmm. And later on, I don't remember when exactly, but uh, Microsoft contacted us. Because uh, they wanted to help us improve Java support in VS Code. They were really keen on to getting into um, having the best Java experience possible in VS Code.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My guess is that they wanted to uh, sell Azure uh, to you know, Java developers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Microsoft started to contribute uh, to VS Code Java. Uh, so if, if we take a step back, um, what is VS Code Java exactly? It's a, it's an extension to Visual Studio code. So it's, there are two parts. There's the client part, uh, Mm -hmm. the VS Code Java extension itself, which has a bunch, uh, defines a bunch of commands. And then there's the server part, which Mm -hmm. is an Eclipse project Mm -hmm. today. It's called the Eclipse uh, Mm JDTLS project. Um, JDT because JDT stands for uh, Java Development Toolkit mm-hmm. and LS for Language Server. Mm-hmm. So we are basically, um, running Eclipse JDT, the, the compiler and the, all the JD, Java tools that Eclipse provides. We are running it as a headless process mm-hmm. and, um, VS Code Java serves the results. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it works uh, pretty well. So um, the only problem is it consumes, a problem. not, it consumes a little bit of memory, five, uh, half a gig. And uh, this is not a problem at all for me, but uh, if I know showcase uh, Quarkus or uh, other application servers, I have to be careful because uh, people are assuming that the half gig is the server. It's like, no, 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 this is a Java process, Visual Studio Code. And they say, what? Visual Studio Code is Java? It's like, no, no, not Visual Studio Code. It's the language server part. And yep. uh, and then if I kill it, then it works. But um, it is a pretty resilient process because if you kill the language server, it just recovers. I never had a problem yep. with that. So uh, I could yep. kill it and I could just showcase and then it still keeps working. So it is going to be restarted automatically behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's a feature of uh, VS Code when the, 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 their um, client API basically says, okay, if the process fails, then I've started another one.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. So... And uh yeah, uh this Visual Studio Code, I think is still now your main Yes main p- passion, right? So during the day. And um what are you working on right now?
1: So right now, uh well we're so I'm working on three projects. Okay. Um so I'm leading a small team um where at Red Hat we are working on, on uh three Visual Studio Code extensions. So the main one is uh, Visual Studio Code Java, mm-hmm. uh, but on that one uh, I just have one developer working on it, mm-hmm. uh, and lo- we we have lots of uh, new features and, and bug fixes provided by Microsoft. Uh, the their team is in Shanghai, in China.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're doing an amazing job at providing new new stuff.
0: Who would thought, right, uh, that Microsoft is <laughs> pushes yeah. pushes Java that yeah. far, right? No, they're and
1: they 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 know their Java. They're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, the other two projects I'm working on and right at right now are the XML extension for VS Code. Okay. Um, so again, this is based on a Javalet uh, a language server written in Java. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time it's not based on Eclipse uh it's a java process that runs um that uses the uh Xerxes parser mm-hmm. uh it's a full torrent parser nice that's built on top of Xerxes. okay and uh yeah it works pretty well we have uh completion for xsds dtds um photo closing tags um Nice. Yeah, it's, it's I think it's It's the most complete XML support you could get in VS Code today.
0: Uh, and and why, why 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 are you why are you working on XML today? I mean, we have YAML problem solved, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, maybe maybe not anybody not not anyone is using uh XML anymore, unless maybe uh, the people using Maven.
0: Ah, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, you are right. No, I'm. I think it's a good thing to have a great XML support. And you said this is a lenient parser, so what? Uh, so what uh, could be interesting for it to parse HTML, right?
1: Um, I guess it could parse HTML. Yeah. Uh, so the the part the the language server was basically done initially. So it was it was a funny story again. Um, so i started to work on it with an intern at mm-hmm. Red Hat, and then. Uh, well I didn't do much <laughs> it was uh, basically my internal was doing all the work uh, yep. Nicholas, come come in. okay and then uh I think now he
0: takes a uh, sabbatical one year <laughs> after the experience uh, I guess right
1: and uh no 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 yeah it he was he, he's great okay, um, yeah, no, but I uh, know after it,
0: working with you for 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 one year and he was completely you now overpowered and I was like you know i I have to take you know one year off or something like this
1: i don't know <laughs> you get you you ask him.
0: Um, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, we
1: started to work on that. And mm-hmm. then, um, again, it was an initiative from, from hmm Golkin tends to start projects. And then, uh, once he has a working prototype, he moves on to another project.
0: <laughs> this is a great pipeline. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: And then I, then I take over, uh, and then I give the, the, the rest of the, the work to interns. <laughs> uh, so
0: I've, um,
1: so we started to work on the, uh, an XML language server. And mm-hmm. then at the time, uh, we found out that another person, uh, Angelo uh, was also making an XML based language server. Uh, and then we contacted him. We started to look at, um, differences between our implementations and, and see if we could, uh, combine our efforts, uh, into just doing one server. Um, Mm -hmm. so Angelo, what, what Angelo did was he took the PS code HTML language server that's written in TypeScript Mm -hmm. and, uh, and translated it into Java, basically. Because the HTML language server is, provides a fault tolerant parser. Mm -hmm. And that was, that, that's what, that was what, what was interesting.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so, uh, we started to work with Angelo, and eventually we hired Angelo to keep working on it, with uh-huh. us with on, on us cool. on the Onset project. Mm-hmm. So, so it's kind of similar story that uh, that I experienced with uh, yeah my, myself with the uh, M2 Eclipse stuff.
0: So we have two projects now. What's the third one?
1: All right. So the third one is uh, Quarkus tools for Visual Studio Code. Ah, okay. So. Um, this one so we started to work on a project um when last year mm-hmm. uh, we started to to have the idea of uh providing an extension that would just uh for, uh, for starters it would just help you create a a new quarkus project mm-hmm. the there was actually a project made by uh started by another red hat employee chimier um I can't remember his, his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started to work with, uh, with his code base. Um, and eventually we, the, I think our first iteration, our first release was just that, um, a way to create a new Quarkus project from VS Code.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we started to add new features. Um, one thing we've been, uh inspired by was the uh the the uh, spring boot tool suite support for uh um, properties application properties for spring boot projects mm-hmm. so the idea is that you when you open an application.properties uh you'll be able to list when you do some completion you'll be able to list all the available properties in your project
0: what is great so what uh, my feedback to this uh, to this corpus is I like the corpus extensions for everything except pr- project creation. So for, from my point of view, this is way easier to create project uh, in terminal than open v- code minus N dot, you know, the uh, project, the folder with Visual Studio Code, and then the support is great. And the reason for that is you get more questions asked vis- inside Visual Studio Code, I think there's one question more. And it sometimes creates project in different folder. So I, you know, I opened the pro- Visual Studio Code in just, it runs all the time in, in, in a folder. And then I create a project and it creates the, the project somewhere else the Quarkus project. So this is why um, Yeah,
1: that sounds strange when you create so if you open an empty win, uh, um, biscuit window, mm-hmm. and you say I want to generate a new Quarkus project. By default, it won't ask you anything. Well, it will ask you the questions for your creating your project. But it will put the, uh, it will open the, the created project directly in the window that you, you, the empty window that you've opened.
0: Yes. Now, if
1: you, if you already have a window open with content in it, so mm-hmm. you have an open folder, mm-hmm. uh, after you created project, uh, you'll be asked whether you want to add the new project to the uh, current workspace or you want to open it in a new window.
0: Okay. So, um. I, I just played around with it. It's the only thing which was not that obvious to me. And this was, uh, yeah. I mean, there's no Quarkus create command is, is very simple. So uh, Maven Quarkus create. So this is uh, what I usually do and then open there. But I will g- give it a shot again. Uh, the problem is I use Visual Studio Code for different uh, purposes and usually I have m- multiple instances running. And I use the terminal as well. So what can happen, then I switch you the know, folders inside the terminal and then do this, and then my expectations are different, you know what I mean? So if I open the terminal and Visual Studio Code, and I go to my favorite, you know, showcase folder, let's say junk, or my work folder workspaces, so if I go to junk, and I do uh, the um, create corpus project, so my expectation, which is of course wrong, because the terminal has nothing to do with Visual Studio Code, but in the terminal inside, you know, Visual Studio Code shows me junk, and where it will create a project is where I opened Visual Studio Code, I guess. So I tried this a few times, but uh it it works well, but uh yeah, this is it's just funny because you said you created the extensions for object uh, for project creation and I use, and I really like you know the other things like uh properties, uh code completion yeah, well, and, and, and all the other stuff, right?
2: Sure. We
1: we wanted to start with something simple. Yeah. yeah. So project mm-hmm. creation was the simplest thing that we could do. Yeah. Uh but then um we've made some uh pretty cool improvements. So, um, property support is one thing. Mm-hmm. So it allows you to facilitate the addition of, um, yeah, properties file.
2: Mm-hmm. E-
1: eventually we ended up providing, uh, kind of similar support for, um, YAML files. So in Quarkus, if you had, a, um, want to get one specific YAML extension,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can define your, your properties in a YAML file. I, I, try Quircus, I try to keep
0: the uh, Quarkus I try to keep Corkus YAML support, you know, YAML support secret, so that no one will find out that actually Corkus supports <laughs> YAML. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, another cool story is if you are in the Jax, in the Jaxer's resource, you can click on the how to call it on the small, you know, label code lens. And, yeah, and it will so, open the browser, for instance. It's also, so yes, nice touches. So, yeah,
1: yeah. That, that's that's one of the other things that we did. Mm-hmm. So we started with so after the product creation the the, the wizard so you can create a project but you can also add uh extensions and mm-hmm. i think that's that's pretty useful because yeah. uh it allows you to browse through the extensions pretty easily yeah
0: and this is faster um, than you know the command line this is all there so i yes. think command sorry shift command p and then opens the Add corpus extension you can select multiple enter and is set mm-hmm.
1: Um, so there, uh, wizards and then property support. And then we moved on to providing support for, uh, Java, Java classes. So the idea then was to say, okay, once you have a running Quarkus application, um, if you have some rest endpoints, maybe we could provide again, uh, inspired by the, the spring boot tool suite, uh, things, uh, we can provide links. To open the REST endpoints directly, mm-hmm. so yeah. that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, pretty recently, like a I don't know, a couple of months ago, um, we started to have, have requests for providing more support for properties in uh, in Quarkus. Mm-hmm. And then some of those properties are coming from micro-profile projects. My, uh, well, they are micro-profile-specific uh, properties. So they're not related to Quarkus directly.
0: Like risc MP, right? E- exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's when we started to refactor the language server for Quarkus into basically two bits. So there would be a core language server for mm-hmm. micro mm-hmm. And then the Quarkus things would just be an extension to micro profile. Which is nice, like it, like, mm-hmm. like it is in, in 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 real life. Yeah, this is perfect. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when um, IBM uh, started to contact us about um, working on a micro language server. Mm-hmm. Um, even though Red Hat and IBM are uh, one is one and the same, uh, they are not really. Yeah,
0: I think uh, um, the, the the companies are supposed to still to be separated, right?
1: So, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Red Hat is, is basically acting independently. Mm -hmm. Uh, at least uh, for us developers, it it made zero difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the acquisition made zero difference. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so they started to, to work on their own, uh, microprofile language server. Uh, and then again, we, um, uh, we discussed about joining forces. And right now we're in the process of, uh, so IBM started to contribute to to the Quarkus slash microprofile language server. And that's why in the latest releases we've had lots of uh, microprofile, uh, related enhancements. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So the goal, um, the goal in the future would be to provide, to, to split the Quarkus and the microprofile bits so that you can install microprofile support. Mm Uh, independently from Quarkus, and the Quarkus uh, extension would be dependent on the MicroProfile core tools.
0: This this is so this that, is important. That if I install Quarkus, I don't have to install MicroProfile. It just you know, pulls the MicroProfile as well.
1: Yes, it's uh, exactly. It mm-hmm. it, w- it will pull the dependency. Um, Very good. Otherwise, I will end uh, up
0: yeah, like my experience ten years ago with Eclipse. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, the for sure the plugin management is way different uh in VS code compared to eclipse it's mm-hmm. much much simpler mm-hmm. so you can argue that the um eclipse plugin management is superior in some i don't know uh dependency resolution conflicts maybe
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it's way more clunky way slow way way slower mm-hmm. um it's a, it's truly really a pain to install plugins in eclipse a fan um even though the marketplace the Eclipse marketplace, marketplace helps. Um mm-hmm. still it's the process of installing a, a, a plugin in Eclipse is painfully slow. Yeah. It's much, much more pleasant to do that in, in uh VS Code.
0: Yeah. Uh one question regarding Java support in Visual Studio Code, because I actually forgot what I did. Um so uh I uh, I have Maven support, Quarkus and uh, Java support. Uh, if someone would like to have identical experience to my, how many plugins are they to install? Uh, uh, if I Can I just straight install Quarkus and it will install everything else? Or will I have to start with uh, Java and then Maven and then Quarkus?
1: Oh, all right. So um, that that's one problem with the VS Code uh, ecosystem, I guess. Uh, it can also be uh, complicated to find the proper plugins to install. So... We're dealing, or well, I am dealing with the VS Code Java extension, which is, uh, let's say, a standalone extension. Mm-hmm. It just provides ways to compile your projects, mm-hmm. um, like provides completion um, and yeah, um, diagnostics if you if you mess up with the code. Mm-hmm. Then Microsoft came up with uh, other extensions that plugged into VS Code Java. Mm-hmm. Um, they have. Support for running tests uh and uh running run running main classes basically exactly um, you also
0: have a great uh, j unit support with visualization so you can run unit yes. tests exactly f- um, from from uh, from visual studio Code. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah so they are there they have maven, uh VS Code maven extension um a tomcat extension i think uh even though they're we talked about um so Red Hat also has a VS Code extension for running Tomcat now,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, Microsoft is looking into um, using ours. Okay. Anyways, they have um, they have multiple extensions, and they created an extension pack that combines everything.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: the, the core the core Java experience will be provided when you install that one one extension pack. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to have Quarkus on top of that, you can install Quarkus from the welcome page of that Java extension pack. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, there's a welcome page where you can install Spring Boot tools, Quarkus, and there's probably links to some other extensions related to Java, like Textile. Um, mm-hmm. Now, if you don't do that, I think this is what
0: I did because for me, you know, Visual Studio Code is the the the, the main sponsor is uh, Microsoft. So if yep. I found, you know, Java extension from Microsoft, it's okay. I will prefer this one and I think I installed this and then Quarkus. This is what I did because I cannot remember, you know, fiddling too much and def- everything worked out of the box. And people ask me sometimes on YouTube or, you know, on comments on my blog, what you did that it worked so smooth and actually did nothing. So what I remember is I installed one extension from Microsoft. This was the Java one and one Quarkus, i think
1: right right so that's one way to do it the um now if you start from scratch and install the vs code Quarkus extension Mm -hmm. what you'll get is the vs code java extension as a dependency Mm -hmm. and the vs code java runner extension as well okay uh so in that case you will be missing the test extension
0: okay but maven is still supported right has to still yes,
1: yeah. Maven, so Maven and Gradle are part of the VS Code Java extension, uh, the, the, the core
0: support. Okay, so if I install the uh, Microsoft bundle, I get everything I usually get plus JUnit support or unit su- test support. And if I yes. just start with Quarkus with empty uh, Visual Studio Code, I, I won't have the unit test support. Yes, okay, that's pretty much it. Okay, cool, yeah, perfect. So, now I have you know the right answers because I just thought about you know d- deleting the entire Visual Studio code and reinstall it from scratch to, to 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 see what I actually did but um yeah the
2: um
1: the other thing that you will probably missing be missing will be the vs code xML extension if you're if you're using maven uh, I think that's uh, an extension to have mm-hmm. so uh, it, because mm-hmm. it, it it gives you some um some completion. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not everything, but uh, not the dependencies, but uh, at least the rest of the XML document, uh, you'll get uh, proper completion based on the uh, XSD. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, cool. So, yeah. So, thank you. Uh, So, we covered a lot of grants. So, what I would like to do is I would like to invite you in a few months again into talking about, you know, some new project on the horizon, (laughs) what you are doing, or Mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, uh, cool uh, editor hacks with Java. So, because uh, what I like to do is I already got a great feedback from you regarding uh, SysTrace, uh, Sys which I use now more. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, little things, you know, and, and shortcuts, which I really enjoy. And um, Visual Studio Code, people ask me, you know, why are you using Visual Studio Code? And the answer is simple. Visual Studio Code doesn't cost anything. It's easy to install. And if I, you know, um, start in a company as a consultant and they ask me, you know, what is the tool chain, I cannot just... IntelliJ is nice, but they have to buy it and not everyone has IntelliJ. And until they have it, you know, the project is over. And um, I uh, usually used uh, NetBeans for that, but uh, there is no good support in NetBeans for Quarkus and uh, I also do my front end stuff with Visual Studio Code. So this is another option. This is the entire story. And I like Visual Studio Code more and more, actually. So um, So, uh
1: so for for the Quarkus bits. Um, so, we again, we started with VS Code initially, mm-hmm. but uh, the language server is being used uh, by uh, some other people at Red Hat to build uh, an Eclipse extension, an Eclipse plugin, mm-hmm. based on that same tooling. So mm-hmm. th- it will p- provide pretty much the same experience that you have in, in VS Code, mm-hmm. but in that time in, in Eclipse. Mm-hmm. And also the same team is providing um, uh, a plugin for IntelliJ using the same corpus uh, language server mm-hmm. to so, provide the same. Uh, yeah, properties, completion
0: and whatnot. So perfect. Thank you for your time. And where people can find you on the internet. On the internet.
1: Um, on Twitter, mostly. Yeah. Um, I'm at FBricon. fb mm-hmm. on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm using the same handle on GitHub. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. That's I don't do Facebook. I don't do Instagram uh yeah. very good they and are, uh, if you want mm-hmm. if you want to uh send me an email uh you can use same handle at uh fbr at redhat.com or mm-hmm. gmail.com
0: and people should of course follow you know also this visual studio code java handle on twitter right
1: yes also handle the uh VS code, at VS code java um handle on twitter mm-hmm. So, yeah, I try to... So, we have uh, basically two announcements a month because mm-hmm. we do, in general, two releases a month.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, uh, hopefully that keeps people uh,
0: interested. Yeah, cool. So, thank you a lot. It was really fun and I learned a lot. So, now I can provide better answers you know, to questions.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.